What's up, Dune fans? Welcome back to the Dune Not Enter podcast, where today, even 60 years of spice won't satisfy our greedy baron. I'm your host, Humphrey Shu, and joining me are my friends and co-hosts, Fillmore John. Hey, guys. And Nolan Zhang. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we will be wrapping up chapter 26. Um, of course, mm-hmm. it's a very it's a very interesting chapter, but I'm sure y'all's lives are interesting, too. So is there anything y'all <laughs> want to update us on? Um, uh, well, I just had a debate round this morning and it was really rough because I've never had a round in the morning, ooh. at least at the summer camp, and my head would just hurt. It was not it today. Yeah, uh, we all yeah. slept pretty late and yeah, at, at this stage, you, I think my head always hurts. You guys want to <laughs> share what time you slept? Oh, uh, uh, actually, I went to sleep around like 12.40ish. Wow, so, so early. Oh, wow. Yeah, one thirty. You're such a casual annoyance. Honestly, yeah. My bad. <laughs> uh, compared to Fillmore, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 4 a.m. game. 4 a.m. Yeah. What? That's, that's not very healthy. Oh, uh, I don't crazy. recommend it. That's why I'm, I am I drink coffee for like the first time. Yeah, I don't know. I never drink coffee. but I, I drink coffee, but I don't think it works. Like It, it does me. work. Like late nights, it just keeps you awake. I don't really recommend doing it. Wait, did you drink coffee last night or this morning? Oh, uh, no, this morning, but I've done it before. So I guess yeah. it's not my first time drinking coffee, but it's like the first time in a while that I mm-hmm. drink coffee. I've done it before at debate tournaments, but the thing is, coffee keeps my body awake, but my mind is already shut down. Like, so if I shut down my mind, I'm like, I just fall asleep anyway. Oh, okay. uh, that makes well, sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just, I, I haven't tried coffee in, in, in years. I'm just saving it for when I really need it. Maybe in college where I have to pull four all-nighters in a row, you know, then that's, then that's, that's when I'll, I'll need to be chugging coffee. So, same Just like effect. how Paul chugs spice. Yep, indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. Right, so, cool. So, we don't really have an epigraph since it's the second half of this chapter, but um, we do have a quote section as usual. So, the quote section, will be reading our favorite quote from the chapter at the beginning, and uh, we'll discuss it uh, when we get to our discussion later. So, uh, Fillmore, you have the first quote. Okay. As for my quote, I chose. Indeed, I hope you do see. I hope you do see how vital it is that this remains secret. The Baron suddenly wondered at himself, Why did I do that? Why did I boast to this full nephew of mine? The nephew I must use in this card. <laughs> why does he do that? It's not a very smart decision, but he can't help himself. Yeah. Regret. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, my quote I chose for this week was, Never obliterate a man unthinkingly, the way an entire fief might do it through some due process of law. Always do it for an overriding purpose, and know your purpose. Yep, mm. so, very inspirational. Very nice quote. Yep. I chose the quote, A carnivore never stops. Show no mercy. Never stop. Mercy is a chimera? Chimera. It can be, def- chimera. Chimera. Yeah. It can be defeated by the stomach rumbling its hunger, by the throat crying its thirst. You must be always hungry and thirsty. Yeah, that's that sums up the Baron and sums up the Baron in a few words. Always hungry and thirsty. Cool. Yeah. So really interesting quotes. Thank you guys. Um, and now we'll dive into the chapter. So we continue from last chapter in the Baron's point of view. Uh, Nafud has exited the the scene while Raban has entered. So this is our beast Raban that we were talking about. One interesting thing to immediately note is that Raban doesn't like the Baron much either so he's thinking the Baron is forcing him to stand which is kind of just some I feel like he just feels he's targeted by the Baron or something it's kind of petty but (laughs) the Baron probably is just too lazy to pull in chairs or something (laughs) he seems to hold his uncle in contempt because later when the Baron sort of insults him he averts his eyes so the Baron can't see his anger right yeah. yeah I feel like the distance in this relationship is kind of reinforced by the fact that Baron never lowered his body shield because he, I guess he just meant that he never felt safe around even his own nephew, like the person he plans on making the next rule of Arrakis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's kind of interesting because I feel like, speaking of the body shield, if the Baron has his body shield up, I mean, I feel like it's probably easy for some assassin to sneak in with a las gun and just, you know. Take him out. Yeah, yeah, just take everyone out. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, possibly, yeah. But I mean, it would yeah. be a suicide mission. But yeah, I mean, it's worth it if you think about it that I mean, way. Yeah, it's I, like it's the Fremen yeah. way of thinking, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a good trade-off. 
Mm. Yeah. But Raban's also quite behind on information, so he doesn't even yeah. realize Pitter is dead, which is surprising, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to note that the Baron also kind of reactivates the door shield and made it quote unquote like prevents energy penetration. So I guess in the future they have pretty advanced ways of blocking signals, you know? Because I remember mm-hmm. in biology, I learned that you could block things like matter, but you can't usually stop the transfer of energy. Oh, really? Wow, it's been quite a few years since biology class, so can't really <laughs> remember. I'll need to relearn all that for for next year. But yeah, I mean, they they definitely have some stuff to prevent eavesdropping and you know not allow all the waves to 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 leave the room because <laughs> it wants to be confidential, mean. right? <laughs> Light Baron waves doesn't want his master part. plan known across you know entire planet right so <laughs> yeah but raban then goes to insult the baron that he just got rid of pitter just because he wanted to so uh, so this already brings me to my quote for the week which is never obliterate a man unthinkingly the way an entire thief might do it through some due process of law always do it for an overriding purpose and know your purpose so yeah so this quote gives a really you know, good insight into the Baron's mentality that, like, again, he must be in control in all all these situations, and he does nothing for no reason. So it's not some spontaneous at all, right? So the Baron is the type of person that squanders his most valuable asset, his mentat and people, right, easily, and he doesn't hesitate in letting Raban know this. So there's always a reason behind yeah. his tactical obliterations, you know, always to advance some purpose of his. I mean, the analogy would be chess, right? So he's you know, making all these tactical sacrifices, but he should be getting some compensation for them. It's not just blindly, you know, sacrificing, whether it be through intimidation, yeah. even though it's, you know, not not a really good move, but it's like he could be, like, you know, intimidating mm-hmm. or it's just he gets a lot of reward for his sacrifices, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does anything to sort of seize the moment and mm-hmm. get, get all the benefits for himself. And he's really, really like some sort of control freak. And if he doesn't have control over the situation, and if his plan just falls apart, then he's just kind of dead. Yeah. He can't do anything. Right. So and he... his mindset is always like an eye for an eye, if you will. Except yeah. in the case, uh, in his case, it would be an eye for a leg because he always wants something greater than what he lo- loses. <laughs> yeah. Right. Actually, yeah. speaking of that, it kind of almost reminds me of the Fremen's way of thinking because they lost like, what, a couple men but then they took down this entire ship right so in a way mm. it kind of reflects that but obviously the baron has a, is like in a different field because he doesn't live out in the desert he does in a political field while the fremen think of it more practically and more logically like in the mm. field type of way mm-hmm. yeah. but i also think that it's kind of hilarious how the baron himself is like just in a democratic form of criminal justice system uh-huh. i guess fairness and quality isn't really good enough for the baron because someone particularly the baron always has to be profiting off of someone's loss yeah i mean yeah. it's just a zero-sum game and you know yeah. someone's getting something and the baron would rather he be on the winning side but i feel like he's planning so much that now he's just not accounting for you know other factors yeah like and some then... of the byproducts of his actions may come to bite him back in the butt mm-hmm. like in the future i agree mm-hmm. i agree also I'm actually kind of surprised at how impulsive Rabban is because right after being warned against insulting the Baron, Rabban just like talks back to the lengthy Baron's explanation of like, don't obliterate, you know, your most valuable asset. Because he's just like, you threw away you it like that. So he's just like, it's so bold of Rabban almost. I think in this scenario though, I kind of agree with the Baron according to the UA reason why he killed UA. But still, in my opinion, yeah, Yue may serve no greater purpose. He's kind of just a liability now, especially since he's kind of replaceable because he's a doctor, right? He get another mm-hmm. doctor. But I, def- I definitely do like commend Raba on how he stands up, even if it's like in the wrong moment. Mm-hmm. Standing up, so yeah, yeah, right. And even the Baron kind of notices this. I mean, he feels that he misjudged Raban, and I mm-hmm. mean, I agree with him because I feel like Raban has some. He's not just, you know, this muscle-minded tank brain idiot kind of person. He's mm-hmm. got he's got a little bit of capability for thought from what we can see. Yeah, he's right? a lot more per- perceptive than you would expect. Yeah, him to and be. even if he can't yeah. think well, he knows the right people to get information and mm-hmm. especially about the Fremen, right, which we'll see later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Oh, that okay. kind of reminds me of how people in the modern day remember things. How like a lot of the time we stop remembering the actual t- 
thing itself but we know where to find the information like we just go to our phone oh, to right yeah photos or like we go to the file to go to the folders mm -hmm. yeah and that mm -hmm. is a way of memory it's i forget what the exact term is yeah but mm -hmm. yeah I, i'm I not sure either i was like in i was in one of these this sat passages that i read uh -huh. i remember <laughs> i don't want to remember it either because it's pretty That's traumatic <laughs> indeed <laughs> yeah we all hated that test mm-hmm well, I feel like the Baron's plan for Robin is not going to go as he expects because Robin is a lot more intelligent than he thinks he is. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just marginally at times, but mm -hmm. he's still more intelligent than he's, than he's portrayed as initially. Yeah, mm -hmm. and maybe Robin might not even become a beast. Like I don't see, I don't really see how the Baron is gonna make him be that way. I mean, he he was quite brutal on Arrakis before. Mean, yeah, yeah, he was. And he's like different from Fade. I mean. I'm always assuming that Fade will eventually become one of the good guys, cause, but like I I don't yeah, see that in I like Robin. Image of Fade. Yeah, because yeah. Fade sort of has that naive energy. Yeah, he, he and he also kind of yeah he has some goodness. It feels like you know not just yeah like he, a sweet. Child. I mean I know I feel like Robin, yeah he's like more of a brute kind of, but he's mm -hmm. he's you know he was already ruler on Arrakis before. And, uh, yeah, so there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to redeem him. He's already done all the atrocities. Right. Hunting for him and whatnot. We don't believe people can change on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> people can change. I mean, especially this type of character, I feel like Robin will be more of a static character. There's not really room for his character Growth. development. It doesn't really yeah. fit. So, yeah, it'll be that more makes static. Sense. Yeah. Okay, so now we get to my quote, which is, Indeed, I hope you do see. I hope you do see how vital it is that this remains secret. The Baron suddenly wondered at himself, why did I do that? Why did I boast to this full nephew of mine, the nephew I must use in discard? <laughs> okay, so this quote gives us an idea of the Baron's fatal flaw, which is his pride. Yeah. Because we were talking about the fatal flaws of the Atreides and Harkonnens in the last episode, which you should definitely go check out if you haven't already. <laughs> and Indeed. we believe that the Atreides' loyalty was their greatest strength as well as their greatest weakness. Yeah, because they were unable to give up on each other, which led to all of them being led, led to their downfall. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And the Harkonnens' cruelty was their greatest strength as well as their weakness, because it would lead to backstabbers, and they wouldn't have anybody to back them up. Mm -hmm. yeah, but for the Baron, so it seems that you could just play upon his pride to make him slip up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, the Baron is this type of character who's super. You know, he's super controlling, but he's also, he takes a lot of pride in the fact that his schemes work. Yeah, and he's so full of himself. He just yeah. can't stop. But, I mean, I feel it like it's to... just, it's just luck. You know, at some point he can't keep rolling double sixes, right? He just, yeah, at some point something's going to happen. Yeah, he's going to yeah. roll snake eyes. And... He sort of has this childish mentality where he thinks everything will work out because of all the resources he has, but mm -hmm. that's not always going to be the case. Yeah, and he's already <laughs> boasting about everything, even though there's no need to boast. He's just not humble, right? It's just, mm -hmm. and again, you know, pride is one of the biggest downfalls throughout literature, and there's so many, you know, examples of that. Um, and prejudice. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what the content of that book was, so I can't Bro, I attest actually, to that. I don't that. think I actually ever read the book. I just saw oh. the book, saw how fat it was. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was uh, like, I'll I, take a pass. I have. I actually have it on my desk right now, but I just like don't read it. Haven't read Classically it. Understandable. Yeah, I mean, I know I read it. I read it um, so many years ago, like five years ago or something, but I don't. I don't remember a bit from it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Anyways, but yeah, definitely the Baron has some pride and prejudice. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he's just flexing on Robon here as we see about all this stuff. Like counter, He counter-conditioned the Suck School Imperial Conditioning, so which, you know, this Imperial Condition really sucked, by the way. And he, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, he amassed so much money to destroy the Atreides and even, you know, had enough to hire the guild and everything. So, he's a, yeah, he's. I mean, he's a little too cocky, right? Because he has like he's assuming too much uh mm -hmm. because like especially with all the oversights he has later but i mean he, he does have quite the staggering numerical figure to give here right which is that 60 years of spice won't be enough to repay the harkonnen debt to the space and guild and everything <laughs> so, yeah yeah so i mean they must have had like an, an everest size mountain of cash to be able to to be able to pull something like this off of 60 years of spice you know can't he's like 
Yeah. Oh my, that's so like, much money. Yeah, he's I mean, richer than the richest person in this world right now. And mm-hmm. like, have you ever heard of the analogy of like, like, like someone trying to visualize the difference between a million and a billion is, and like, and now trying to imagine that difference between a billion and like what the Baron has, I just cannot actually. I like, think visualize. yeah, I would think probably a trillion. Right, probably, I mean, I they, they had enough best. money to buy multiple planets and then some. Like, yeah. imagine holding a Mr. Beast challenge with that money. That's <laughs> what to survive a starter card gets the planet. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, they've got so much money to spare. They're probably worth more than Apple, Microsoft, Google combined, you know. Yeah, Elon Musk world. got nothing on them. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Elon Musk can't even get to, get to one planet, you know, so... <laughs> yeah this guy this guy you know he's he's got like so many planets and so much money yeah it's just he's a capitalist i mean they 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 don't got any they don't got any money anymore because of Mm -hmm. uh they just spent it all but right but they they originally had you know it's a massive that's why hawata didn't expect it you know, mm-hmm. sixty whole years of spice. Like, imagine. I guess they never spent that money. But, but then, so how stupid. old would the Baron be if it's sixty years? Do you think the Baron is over a hundred as well? Um. Well, not sixty years. I feel like maybe, you know, he just used the entire Harkonnen fortune. Yeah, maybe that's like his predecessor. Been amassed over over like decades. Oh, yeah, yeah multiple generations from, from his predecessor. I don't think I don't think the Baron is really that old. They're gonna mod if they lose this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. If they if they lost to the Atreides who had no money, that would have just been really funny. Mm-hmm. Because they spent sixty years of spice on uh, <laughs> and couldn't even beat some family who just moved in. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. At this point, though, I do think that the Baron suddenly realizes Raban was slightly smarter than he believes. I so I think this. Re- main reason why the Baron sees the need to, I guess, exert all this influence and power and show and flex his might is to make sure that Raba at this point knows his place, even though he may be marginally more intelligent than expected. He is like nowhere near close to ever opposing the Baron because he just can't compete up with all the like uh-huh. sixty years of spice save and stuff. Yeah, he's putting. Yeah. He's also, you know, he putting a foot in his place, and then now he's putting Raba in his place and. He's asserting his dominance, if you will. He's like pushing yeah. Robin down to the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, <laughs> just he's not, yeah. there's no chairs. So he's gonna fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, did he say something like Robin's eventually gonna have to use the suspensors or something? <laughs> yes. Oh, is Robin also getting fat too? Then yep, oh, he is. You know, tough. like I don't know, like Uncle, like you know. Even the Baron, like uncle, like yeah, nephew. yeah, yeah, like uncle, like nephew. Right? <laughs> doesn't fall, fall far from the tree, guys. Indeed, indeed, yeah. <laughs> okay, but I'm also kind of surprised how hands off the Baron is going to be this time with Robin's role of Arrakis. But at the same time, maybe this hands off approach is kind of exactly what the Baron wanted, because he knew Robin without any help from the Baron would just do a poor job overall, especially when the Baron comes demanding that one mandatory request of his, which is money, right? Mm-hmm. I think on one hand, it seems generous on the Baron's end to show that, oh, I only have one demand for it. So, like, it's all good. Like, you only have one thing you have to fulfill. But he also, at the same time, knows that Raba is incapable of ever meeting that demand. And to yeah. continue pushing him to try to fulfill that demand of more money, more money, will only cause him to be even harsher with, like, his policies and how he cracks down on the Fremen. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I mean, Raba really just doesn't have the capability to be able to to do it's it's the perfect catch 22 you know you just can't no matter what he does he's not going to be able to produce 60 years of spice right (laughs) he could exterminate the whole planet and you know grind it all down for spice and still you know it's like maybe recover not even half of it yeah it's it's kind of ridiculous so i don't know um that's too much out of him not even i think i think it's more just more control of raban right yeah, so he's kind of a mental battle. He's giving him free reign on the surface, but you know now Robin has this endless debt, right? And then he'll never be able yep. to fully, you know, get enough spice to repay it's a all of it. False sense of like rulership or mm-hmm. autonomy, I guess. Yeah, right. And you know the Baron will always be disappointed with him. And uh, yeah, but the yeah. Baron would probably die before Robin's able to pay off all his debt. I mean, I don't think like, right, I don't that's even, fine. I feel like the I don't rest even of his think life... the point is like 
for Robin to pay off all the debts or just to, you know, the, the Baron just grips Robin ever tighter in his fist. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, makes, I think yeah. it gives like the Baron justification for when he finally wants to replace Robin with Faye. Just be like, he couldn't work hard enough yeah, to pay it yeah, off, so just, I'm gonna yeah, replace yeah. him. He was he was lazy. Yeah, lazy. Yeah, beast. I don't know. yeah. So, um, it, it's not it's not good for Robin either. I hope he realizes that. He's getting um, ripped off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So there's quite a few revelations in the Spacing Guild here. So we know that they're mercenaries, but even the Baron himself hasn't really figured out a way to circumvent the iron grip on space travel that makes him so expensive, right? Because he can't even infiltrate the guild, which is surprising because, you know, he even infiltrated the Trades and, you know, they couldn't, he can't infiltrate the guild because the guild is scheming because, you know, every time... The, uh, the Baron inserts one agent, the guild inserts two into them, so it's so Better. funny. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it makes the guild not seem like the weak leg of the tripod that everyone thinks they are. You know, the tripod being the Landsrad, the Imperium, and and uh, the, guild. The, the guild in the middle, right? But definitely mm-hmm. the guilds seem... The, they seem like they have this monopoly for a reason. They, like, know what they're doing. Yeah, Yeah, I also think that the Spacing Guild has the biggest monopoly over space. However, I, in terms of military might, they're definitely the weakest because they use mercenaries. Meanwhile, the Imperium and, well, the Landsrad have people like the Sardaukar and such. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... Yeah, I think that because of dedicated armies, they should, in theory, be stronger. Yeah, right. They're they they have so much political power. I think the guild, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. So also, mm-hmm. also, the, this is why monopolies are broken down in our society because they drive the price up too high, and there's no innovation. Yeah, that's why FDR came in and made sure that nobody could monopolize again. Yeah, the three C's, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, there was like something like that. I forgot. It was like. I learned it this year. It's and... controlling big, big businesses, c- consumers, mm-hmm. and or I think it's like protecting consumers and something about the environment. I think I'm not sure. I I, I learned it at Hoda, so I have a slightly different curriculum than y'all. But yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> right. Also, however, I do also agree with both of y'all that the spacing guild does seem to be the biggest winner in this tripod universe. They aren't obviously like the idea of the strongest faction due to the military might. However, I think at the same time, they don't have to be the strongest in military wise because one can win in many other ways other than military. If you have like enough intelligence and influence, you can still beat the military, right? They seem to be making the most bank in this entire universe, but also like at the same time be smart enough to enforce the overpower monopoly in space. So I feel like they have like the best of both worlds. They don't. They, they appear weak, so they don't ever have to like gain a strong military. They can just hire mercenaries every now and then. Uh-huh. But at the same time, they have enough money and influence to influence space politics to such a large extent, and also just like profit off of others' misery. Like the Baron's desire to want to destroy their trade. They just made sixty years of spies, like un like uncountable amount of money right there. Right. I mean, yeah. it's like that age-old saying, you know, in war the merchant wins or something. Yep, so, that weapon know, seller. Yep, it's the, the guy who sells weapons, and you know that's the person who wins. And the guild really fits into that role. Um, mm-hmm. Right? Is, isn't there a saying for that? Another man's war is another man's uh, profit. War, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. One man's war uh, is. Another, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Of war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I wanted to read a part from the book that seemed pretty funny out of context. So it goes. The bearer lowered his arm, made a fist. You must squeeze, and I oh. may do, and I may do anything I wish as long as I squeeze anything. Hey oh, yo, what are they, are they squeezing? Uh, I hope it's just some lemons for some lemonade. Yeah, yeah. when life gives you lemons, you know. Gotta make some lemonade, right? Right, right. right. But jokes aside, <laughs> imagine squeezing out every single cent from a rocket. That would probably equate to several trillion solaris or maybe several quadrillion. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean. I mean, it's like kind of questionable because we don't know if spice is renewable at this point. So <laughs> if it's like renewable, then there's, you know, infinite money to be had, especially considering yeah. so many people are dependent on spice production. Mm-hmm. But Or it's like to live. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I mean, it's not I would imagine then, it to be somewhat renewable. Yeah, I would imagine they've be been renewable. squeezing it out for this many years. I mean, it's like 
I mean, we've been squeezing oil out for for this many years, and I guess that's fair. And we yeah, still I have feel... it's way too slow to replenish itself anyway. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like their technology is way more advanced than ours, so they have better ways to squeeze out mm. spice than definitely us squeezing out oil from the ground. That's mm-hmm. true. We like waste a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So I don't. I don't know though. Uh. Yeah, I mean the the spice is you know really really profitable and and if it's not renewable then then uh, Robin's <laughs> really gonna have some issues right. But the Baron is making the the gravest mistake of his life here in my opinion, considering the Fremen as you know he's considering the Fremen as desert scum and trash and you know not worth considering, which is just so ridiculously wrong. You can't even believe the reports that Fremen wiped out an entire Sardaukar force and. You know, he it really shows how blind he is to all the proceedings. He is like, he has no clue what we know as the reader. You know, all yeah, this dramatic so irony. Far. Yeah, that all the Fremen, you know, are so efficient at killing Sardaukar. You know, that it's just Sardaukar just easy pickings for them, right? So <laughs> it's, I mean, he even believes that the the um the Fremen who wiped out the Sardaukar were just Atreides. You know people dressed it dressed like Fremen, which is honestly so laughable. Yeah, I mean, even Robin said it, you know, the has the Baron no idea how much trouble the Fremen can cause their enemies? I mean, he's just, with all his plotting and scheming, this is just too massive of an oversight. <laughs> just, you know, this will be his downfall. Entire, yeah. his downfall. And it's a really stupid downfall, too, because I feel like, you know, it's not just a mistake like anyone can make, right? But he's just purposely over it's like you know he sees a bunch of nukes and then he's like oh yeah those are just you know shells nothing in them yeah, they're, right they're duds they yeah. won't pop <laughs> yeah they won't do anything right i mean it's just yeah yeah so. well the baron really doesn't seem to understand that no ordinary group of people could survive on arrakis for this long mm, and yeah. since they have living conditions just as difficult as what the sardaukar grew, grew up in like they would be able to put put up quite the fight yeah, especially in their home turf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were like referencing that earlier on in the book, but I think the Barons kind of like forgotten to to make the same comparative over to Arrakis, right? Because they were talking about that earlier, where like the Sardaukar were made on like a special planet by the Emperor. I guess he mm-hmm. just never linked it back to the current situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, with Actually, the right equipment, I'm sure the Fremen could dominate the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's like the terror of like whatever Paul is seeing, right? Some type of like, like some terrible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what's holding them back though is kind of their dependency on the spice, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then if if they like colonize, oh, not colonize, but like if they like industrialize enough to like make spaceships of their own and like carry the spice with them, they could definitely go pretty far. Yeah, but to be honest, I feel like the Fremen also have like an an. an innate love for arrakis right because yeah i think they just want to they just want to just want to be left alone yeah they just want to be left alone and stay there and you know make it a paradise i mean kinds Mm -hmm. is you know a really good example of that you know he just Mm -hmm. really likes arrakis as it is and it's his dream to make it you know habitable so Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. it's really really interesting Something that I am surprised about here is that just how informed Robin suddenly seems to be as opposed to the Baron. Because we get all this, like, at least from the Baron's perspective, like, Robin's, like, a dumb person. Like, he can't think of anything. Like, he's got bad information. Like, And we even, like, see that in the beginning, Robin was so behind it, even though, like, Pitter died. So suddenly we actually experience a kind of a shift in this dynamic here where for once Robin's actually kind of closer to the truth than the Baron himself. Partly because of the Baron's disbelief in, like, all these reports coming in. Robin will, like, be under-supported in his campaign against the Fremen, which will probably lead to Robin probably getting overthrown a little too quickly. But Mm. honestly, I I kind of don't understand why Robin even has to hurt the Fremen in the first place, other than maybe enslaving them to labor for more spice. I don't even know. Yeah. He doesn't have to go and search for them in a desert and, like, I don't know, kill them, but he seems to... What well, I think of... he seems to enjoy doing that because he's quite cruel. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But, I mean, back to your original point about how informed Ravan is. I mean, he, again, he's way further ahead than the Baron in this line of thinking. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he just, at least he has some idea and he's trusting his men's reports. But the Baron is just, yeah, no way. You know, no way. Yeah. I no mean, way. I think fine. that definitely will be his downfall. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just he's living in his ignorance basically yeah he's 
I mean, he's, you know, the embodiment of ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Until it isn't. Yep. Until, yeah. until he's dead. Ignorance is death. Yeah. I actually kind of really like the irony that's present here, though, because remember back to when the Baron talked about undermining the reports to the Emperor about the Harkonnens being able to circumvent U.S. Imperial conditioning. So, like, as long as I make the Baron disbelief these reports because he assumes that the imperial conditioning can never be broken. It's not a bear kind of falls in the same trap where he doesn't actually believe anything that his men are telling him because he keeps on relying on the assumption of like the Fremen being like weak or something or like incapable of fighting back. So like he's falling into the same trap that he's trying to set for the emperor. And I'm just like laughing because it's so like ironic to me how in a way how stupid the Baron is for like not seeing the mm -hmm. same blind spot. Yeah. He's yeah. There's too many blind spots, I feel like. And there may be not even too many, but it's just one massive one. Just oversight, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Gaping oversight. Yeah. And then here we get some pretty good news about Hawaii, which is that he was recaptured by the Fremen. Ooh. And it looks like the Baron won't be able to put his plan into action where he tries to tempt him through wealth and revenge. Oh, he must oh, be mad. Yeah. That was like a massive plan of his. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But now it just all went down the drain. That's really interesting because, you know, Herbert spent many pages kind of building that plan and then now suddenly it's all gone. Mm -hmm. so, Maybe I, mean, I still like the... I feel like that may be still be like the main reason for why the Baron wants Hawa. So it'll just be like how it plays into the capture of Hawa and then we'll just see like more struggle in between trying to recruit Hawa now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe he's just gonna go after her wall and make that one of his priorities, right? Yeah, but I feel like this really should have gave him a clue as to how big a a threat the Fremen is. But he yeah. just thinks that oh, it's just Atreides men dressed the best Fremen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. he's okay. Well, I mean, the Atreides should be honored that they're fighting for those <laughs> Fremen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just. But I mean, yeah, it's good to hear that, right? Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah, but. I mean, the Sardaukars seem like politicians to me. I mean, pol I mean, politicians in our world, not that they're good politicians, but I mean, the Sardaukars like, oh yeah, it seems we lost this battle, so now we'll just launch a program to wipe out the Fremen. I mean, it's so politician-like <laughs> in my opinion. Because first, I don't, I don't understand how they just launch an extermination program in a day. Like, aren't there more planning? I thought the Sardaukars were more brutes than strategists, right? And also, I don't understand how this is feasible at all, even if even if the Fremen weren't that strong, right? Just like, it's just honestly just modern politics. Because there's this, yeah, there's this super bright goal that we're working towards, but there's no way to carry it out. I mean, the, if the Sardaukar go through with this plan, they'll just end up getting exterminated themselves, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. there's not enough legions of Sardaukar to actually wipe out the entire, like, the four total, even just like low number, just like five million Fremen, right, living out there. Mm-hmm. How yeah, many Sardaukar even are there? I don't think there even is like a million Sardaukar that million exists. Because like a legion is like 60,000, I think. So right. at most, there's like 300,000 Sardaukar. So in no way is the, like the Sardaukar even like a match for the number unless they extinguish each Fremen like siege one by one, like mm -hmm. separate, mm -hmm. separate and like divide and conquer. Yeah, and we know that one Fremen is able to take out like around three to five Sardaukar sometimes actually. Yeah, yeah. Gonna struggle. Mm -hmm. So this is a practical example of easier said than done. They always have yeah. these grand visions and they're never able to execute upon them. Mm -hmm. like, you guys remember when the president said he would build a massive wall between us and Mexico? Well, that never <laughs> happened. It was just a gate. And like, it was more of, okay, some people actually say it was a door because all you had to do was bring wire cutters and just like cut a hole in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it kind of happened, but I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what the state of the wall is. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm too far removed from politics, but so I guess I just remember I'm... someone was just like, "Do you really think that the drug dealers can't actually go to like Home Depot and like buy a wire like a <laughs> <Home> cutter?" <Depot. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, but one one thing I want to talk it's like, uh, I I'm not sure actually if the Fremen recaptured Hawat though because I mean from I'm reading here it says it is said that the Fremen force already had captured the Duke's redoubtable. If you're Hawaii, like redoubtable means formidable. So, I mean, is it that did this happen after you know or the or before? Well, I would assume so, right? I'm, I'm, because the Baron would be really mad, I feel like that's true. If I'm 
Wait, uh, actually, if you think about it, maybe when the Hawa, like, he was in a cave with the Fremen, maybe the Sardaukar thought that he got captured by the Fremen, and then they launched an assault on the Fremen, which was where they stun-gunned Hawa. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's like that. Right, yeah, I, I was more imagining it as, uh, as you know, the that Fremen guy Hawa was talking to a few chapters ago. Um, that like you know, yeah, that 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 yeah, they thought that was his captor, you know, and then I'm not sure though. It's it's worded really interestingly because it says, you know, I believe the report. You've no idea what a problem the Fremen were, so mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not sure which is, and because it never says recaptured, so I'm I'm like not sure, but that's something we can look into in the, in the next few <laughs> chapters, right? So keep that in mind. Yeah, I think we'll figure <laughs> the out the Hawat state is still in limbo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I right. definitely do think of this analogy of a politician, though. I think it's maybe less of a politician, more like an uncontrollable, uncontrollable beast for the Sardaukar, car, because like this beast was like initially employed to bear the brunt of the attack, but now it ignores the orders of its master and it's just, like doing its own thing. Just in this case, the Baron just has no interest in stopping the beast because he realizes one he probably couldn't stop it entirely or two he just doesn't want to like waste the effort to do so because he want to make money instead mm -hmm. yeah money mm -hmm. money first yeah he needs to squeeze right mm -hmm. yeah so <laughs> i don't know so the baron okay. has this kind of master plan here he wants to hold a paul well sorry he wants to hold like a, a political prisoner or a hostage from mm -hmm. each of the houses minor to keep them in check so i'm assuming the lands red houses are the great houses right and then the the houses minor are just maybe subservient it's kind of like yeah, the like feudal system right where where you know you have these large landowners and then smaller ones who are still powerful but not as powerful as the large ones right? like yeah yeah mm -hmm. so it's like a really interesting like, quasi feudal system yeah mm-hmm <laughs> It kind of reminds me of what I learned in WAP last year, where the aristocrats yeah, of France weird. were like forced under. I forgot which King Louis was it, but they was <laughs> King made Louis to... the seventy ninth. I don't know. I don't know. There's so There's many. Way so too many. many King Louis. Yeah, yeah. They were unoriginal in their naming conventions, guys. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> but they just—he made them live on the palace of Versailles because he wanted to keep them close and under watch. There's also like another similar precedent in Japan where they did a similar thing, but with like a member of like the noble lineage. So just like uh -huh. aristocratic ransom or something, I guess. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 Kind of reminds me of like how modern day North Korea keeps like their yeah. politicians from escaping. It was like when they send them the out. Edo period or something where it was like they, they had to stay, you know, the family members had to stay home if, yeah. the, if the, the landowner left. Right. So that they could yeah. keep them in check. Yeah. Well, I I don't really remember that, and it never really showed up on the test, anyway. <laughs> true, true, true. That's yeah. true. Most, most like things a... don't show up, anyway. You learn so much, and then you only get tested on every. Yeah. So if you're on WAP, I recommend just studying like the Silk Road and the Indian Ocean trade. And you'll probably already passed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that like in WAP, it's less. It's actually not as necessary to read a textbook unless you want to know every single instance. I feel like it's more practical yeah. to watch videos that cover the overview and give like a couple specific more useful examples oh, i definitely out, agree shout with out that. to heimler's history yes yeah. shout out to yeah. heimler yeah. i remember my teacher was telling me oh if you don't read the textbook you'll fail the test and the well, guess who passed <laughs> yeah, heimler guess who is passed. much more useful than the yeah textbook. i never actually read the textbook and i still passed so. i, mean, oh, I read the textbook is, i spent every night i came home and spent like four hours reading and taking oh notes. Was my bad. do you regret it now uh, yeah. I mean, no regrets i, five, I mean you got five so no regrets five, yeah, yeah. Um, There's nothing to regret, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, this is a painful year. APs, I mean, we're talking about APs because Zarch scores come out soon, and, and uh, yeah, I'm not uh, looking forward to uh, that. We're not looking forward to that. Yeah. At least Nolan doesn't have to go through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, he's in the I IB system. Oh, IB system, <laughs> so yeah, much better. He'll <laughs> be in the IV system. Yeah. Oh, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> yeah, anyways, cool, cool. Yeah, stupid tests. Anyway, we don't want to. You know, give any give any of our podcast listeners um, PTSD. So, yeah, yeah. So the Baron is crafting a story here. So you know, he's crafting a story. Oh, you know, Lido had an accident, and UA had an accident, and everyone and, has accidents. Yeah, you know. So again, does he not know the truth there exists? Like I was saying last episode, I mean, the truth there is a perfect lie detector. So mm -hmm. all this story would be meaningless if he were put before the imperial truth sayer in question especially since he is the one most likely to have killed kinds i mean i remember an epigraph 
some time ago saying something like when the Pasha emperor heard of the manner of Leto's death, he went into a rage or something like that. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I don't think the Baron is fooling anyone here. He's just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He was already digging his grave and now he's making it even deeper. Honestly. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. There's no way. I think he's mostly banking on the fact that by the time the truth say got to him, whatever legal system, it'll be like too late to, to stop him from getting like the immediate profit, right? Uh-huh. I think like Baron thinks that by spreading his money here or there, he's like problems will eventually quiet down, so like it would never reach like enough momentum to ever bring in a truth sayer. But I heard that at a certain extent, it's not how the power dynamic works when you're bribing people off to not speak. It's actually the other way <laughs> yeah. around. Like the people who are have the knowledge actually hold the leverage on you because they can keep demanding greater and greater sums of money until True. it's actually just unsustainable to ever like pay them back uh-huh. yeah right right yeah i mean it's just the i mean the baron he's not he's not really you know he's not his story isn't really believable yeah, he's and not fooling anybody yeah and 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 the truth there will come in and bust everything and and we know that well we don't know but we can assume that the Padishah Emperor and Leto were somehow related because they said somewhere, yeah, you know, it says somewhere like, of the of yeah, I mean, no, they, they said, oh, uh, it said somewhere they like they, they look similar. Leto was his cousin, right? Oh, maybe in oh, a couple right. in, in the last book, I swear the Emperor said, oh, yeah, oh I think that's something think about that was said too. Yeah, yeah. Leto was his cousin. Well, I can't keep, I can't keep my family tree straight. Yeah, but it's Bro, like, family trees, I don't do well. <laughs> yeah, I don't do well with them either, but yeah i mean then you know how how is he gonna you know quiet all this down i mean the the emperor knows his cousin is just dead at the hands of the harkonnens who's also his cousin you know multiple times removed and Awkward. yeah so it's just you know family feud right here we got right this is the you know ultimate family feud with blood involved the family vendetta yeah so much candy going on i don't know so yeah the, i mean the baron really has no idea you know the depth of the emperor's rage at this point he's just mm-hmm. yeah but rama is really a cruel ruler huh i mean instead of dealing with the houses minor politically and just taking the hostages and you know he he, he just wants to kill them all right just oh, man. extermination <laughs> scheme right again there's this this, this dehumanization i i can see from the harkonnens that's just so common it, it runs so rampantly through them right it's just lines such as bring in new stock or new people <laughs> right which is referring to them as basically livestock which is pretty mm-hmm. crazy and you know don't waste the population right <laughs> yeah. treating them as just you know unrenewable resources like, like a number i mean that's yeah it's, it's just a number i mean it's, it's pretty crazy right it just yeah, shows, the harkonnens are yeah. like the opposites to what the bene Gesserit stand for which are yeah. humanistic qualities yeah i mean it shows how little value the harkonnens place on human life really so right mm-hmm. they don't see life as precious they just see it as little chess pieces making way for the king which in this <laughs> case would be the baron except this time mm-hmm. the baron was the one well, I just, surprisingly, the Baron was the one telling Robin not to kill without reason. Right. Well, probably because bringing in new stock would cost another 60 years of spice. True, yeah, because probably. they would need to ship everyone, you know, in through the Spacing Guild because they have <laughs> space travel in the Spacing Guild. It's like, yeah, a trillion solars per person, please, you know, and then you're screwed, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so um, the Spacing Guild really has too much power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now yeah. we get to my quote, which is a carnivore never stops. Show no mercy. Never stop. Mercy is a chimera. It can be defeated by the stomach rumbling its hunger, by the throat crying its thirst. You will always, you must be always hungry and thirsty. Yep. Like so, me. Like <laughs> well, that's what he actually says, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, he boy, did say true. that. Oh, yeah. He did say that. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. So I think the Baron really is the perfect embodiment of a ruler which is hated by everyone, like all the subjects. He really has no tact for public opinion because he just sees there's no need to. Like he's just uh-huh. so powerful. He's like, I don't need to actually care about what they think about me. But I'm actually a little surprised that he actually compares mercy to a chimera because from my knowledge of what chimera is, it's like quite fearful. In Greek mythology, it's one of the trials of Hercules. Oh. It's got like multiple heads, like a lion's head with like I forgot. There's there's like multiple things. There's like uh-huh. a snake tail, I think. But like, there's like multiple heads throughout its body. At least from what I know, of Percy Jackson guys. Wasn't it a lion, a a snake, and, and like, like a, a goat or something? Right? Oh, yeah. I swear it was a goat. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a goat somewhere, like like the back of a goat with a snake sticking out. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe I'm thinking of a sphinx. I'm not sure. Honestly, uh, guys, all I know is that it's kind of like it's not as an impossible monster to deal with due to its multiple heads, which protect all of its blind spots. Like you can't attack it from the back. You can't attack it from the front. Mm, and yeah, just like no, it, it is. It's a lion's head, a goat's body, and a serpent's tail. Yeah, female yeah. monster. Wow, fire, I was actually kind and, of dead on. And fire breathing. Yeah, yeah like it's well, it's yeah, OP. It's like, scary. That's all we need. Yeah, it's scary. scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like even at the end of the day, I guess the Baron just sees himself even way past like this monster that like that that's presented as like a trial of Hercules. I don't know, like. Mm -hmm. I feel like the bear's a lot, like very full of himself right now. Like, yeah, he is. Yeah, past Greek mythology level legend. I think this type of insatiability is definitely the most dangerous in a human because no matter how much like they subdue or continue to climb whatever ladder they're climbing, their ambition truly never stops. In certain scenarios, I'm not sure why the Baron is telling Robin to be like that because he should be worried of giving rise to people with this type of trait because they'll eventually come for your position one day because they'll never be satisfied with what they have. Right, they're not going to be okay with serving the Baron and controlling. Yeah. You know, they want to they want to control everyone, <laughs> and yeah, I mean it's not. Yeah, I mean the Baron has this kind of bad idea of what of like of what's going to happen and that he doesn't really know, you know, the extent of the, the kind of power hungriness his subjects have. And, mm -hmm. and the fact that no one likes the Baron, you know, it's just more incentive <laughs> right. to, to overthrow. And yeah. Mm -hmm. and, well, as they say, a human's greed is endless. Yep. That's true. Indeed. And the Baron's greed is endless too. So even more so. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's, it's the infinite pit. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Really cool quote, but I mean, kind of our last few talking points here. So, wow, you know, um, there's this really big, well, not super, you know, influential in the context of the book, but it's really good to characterize kinds. I mean, it's it's no surprise that he integrated so well into Fremen society because he even married one of the Fremen, right? So, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised yeah, that he married one. Yeah, I thought he was just this symbolic figure, but no, he actually, you know... Like, yeah, he fully integrated yeah, into them. Yeah, it reminds me of, you know, some like, Native American tribes where, you know, settlers would marry into the tribes oh, yeah. to, to, you yeah. know, so they would like work together and cooperate and stuff. So it's like talk, like <laughs> this, like political marriage. And, and I mean, if Kynes is killed though, the Fremen will have to defend his honor and fight the Harkonnens because he's literally one of the Fremen. And <laughs> the Baron is literally about to antagonize all the Fremen just past a breaking point if he lays a finger on Kynes, right? So yeah. his Kynes is a, not just any Fremen. Yeah. He's Liet. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, if huh? Kaisers is killed by the Harkonnens, they will. I guess they'll use him as a martyr and rally around around Paul probably to mm -hmm. avenge him. Yeah, that's a good mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. Because after all, Paul was promoted by Kynes as like yeah, as like a, a leader, I guess. Uh -huh. I think Kynes supports Paul the most. Mm -hmm. He also gave point. Paul as like the most respect out of like anyone else they've ever seen. Right. Yeah. Also, like. I'm a little interested in something because the Baron mentioned that either way, Kynes couldn't get off of Arrakis anyway because he was addicted on spice. Now, I'm not really sure about the part about being addicted to spice, but he does seem to know to some extent, at least because Kynes had enough spice, he can't ever leave Arrakis. So is that whole vision of Paul where he was like, oh no, the spice is everywhere. I can't get out of Arrakis because we'll die because it's a poison or something. So like... Mm -hmm. It seems that more people other than Paul realize that. So I think the Baron knows some stuff about it too. Well, I mean, Kynes, I would just, go yeah. ahead, sorry. Yeah, well, I would assume that he's aware of that because of Pitter. And as he says, his pleasures tie him to me. You're right. He probably, like, he probably killed a bunch of people by withholding spice from them. Yeah. Uh -huh. and not to mention, they've been on Arrakis for many, many years. So I'm sure they've studied the spice quite a bit to know what effects they have. That's yeah, true. true. And definitely Kynes is addicted. Because mm -hmm. Kynes uh, has the blue, blue eyes. eyes, yeah, and yeah. that's the telling, you know, telling factor. Telling guys, yep. telling. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. So I want to end this chapter off by reading the Baron's words, which end off the chapter, yeah. because well, they were quite unsettling to me, but uh -huh, they also Baron. give us an insight into his thoughts as well. Okay, a tank brain. The Baron thought, muscle-minded tank brain. There will be bloody pulp here when he's through with them. Then when I send in Fade Rautha to take the load off them, they'll cheer their rescuer. Beloved Fade Rautha, benign Fade Rautha, 
the compassionate one who saves them from a beast. Fade Raltha, a man to follow and die for. The boy will know by that time how to oppress with impunity. I'm sure he's the one we need. He'll learn. And such a lovely body. Really a lovely boy. Okay. <laughs> the ending was quite creepy. How yeah. he mentioned a lovely body. Let's kind of dissect this, you know, chronologically. Uh-huh. So basically, again, his plan is to have Robon show so much cruelty and then Fade Rautha swoop in and be the hero <laughs> and save the day. Right? I mean, beloved you know benign compassionate he has like, he has like these like jesus yeah. words like, like yeah he's a i mean savior yeah it's it's really crazy because you know we don't fate isn't anyone special but compared to robin he's you know probably seems he's like better, jesus yeah so sure. i mean right so it's it's really interesting how the baron expects that you know suddenly fade rautha will be able to uh you know command the respect of everyone especially considering he says you know you know a man Fade Rautha will know how to oppress with impunity, right? Yeah, I searched so, the word impunity because I was like a little confused on it. Oh, okay. But it, I was realized that it meant to like impunity was like to have like exemption, like mercy and stuff. So he is trying to like teach Fade how to be a ruler who's tough, but at the same time able to understand I guess, the like, subjects. I don't know. Like, is that really the purpose? I feel like it's like I feel like that's not the baron. Yeah, I would think oppressed without impunity, right? Without mercy, but would is it like just a facade? That it looks like he's impunity, but yeah, he's actually still oppressing them, or is it actually like ruling justly? Because I can't tell. Yeah, like, I mean, it oppressed is never. It doesn't it's have never a good okay. con- con- yeah, with connotation. Yeah, even yeah. So just just don't go out and oppress, right? So. I yeah. mean, it's really interesting. I mean, because I don't think the Baron is one to show mercy at all. So mm-hmm. to to oppress like, with mercy, it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make fit his much. character. Yeah, at all. not at all, not mm-hmm. at all. Right, but I mean, the last part is like I'm sure he's the one we need. He'll learn, and such a lovely body, really a lovely boy. It's really, yeah, it's a bit creepy. Um, yeah, but, the Baron's but, obsession with young boys is just unsettling yeah but we'll, we'll leave we'll leave, we'll leave that it at to, that. to the to the uh, yeah. reader's interpretation um it's not something that we wish to discuss further but yeah cool <laughs> so on that awkward note um i believe that concludes <laughs> the discussion for this episode of the do not enter podcast make sure to read about seven pages into chapter 27 at the words the kind that don't attract the worms and dune in next time when we discuss it so again we will be splitting the chapter up into two um <laughs> as always thanks to all of you listeners for being patient with us and being interested in our thoughts follow us on instagram at do not enter reddit u slash do not enter twitter at do not enter and email us at do not enter at gmail.com that is d-u-n-e-n-o-t-e-n-t-e-r at gmail.com please don't hesitate in contacting us with questions feedback or i dare say oh i think it's my turn oh no <laughs> <Finally>. <laughs> correctiones okay Uh, (laughs) yes okay so if we made any mistakes please don't hesitate in letting us know we would be happy to fix them um Mm -hmm. also give us a review on itunes or spotify uh it'll only take a few seconds of your time and it serves two main purposes one it helps encourage us and uh lets us know that we're doing a good job and that you guys want Mm -hmm. to want us to keep making content and boost two, it helps us climb the charts. Indeed, boost our ego. And two, it helps <laughs> us climb the charts so that we can get our podcast to a wider variety of listeners and also uh, spread our love for Dune. Um, <laughs> right, so if you want to help us do that, just take a few seconds of your time uh, and go make an account. Go and click the five-star button because that's the only button that exists. And, of course. And that'll, uh, sure. that'll serve both of the above purposes. Mm-hmm. All right. Other than that, I think that's about it. So have a great week and we will see you all back very soon. See you guys. Bye.